We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to Lakers Nation Live. I am Trevor Lane. You can follow me over on X at Trevor underscore Lane on Instagram and threads at Trevor Lane NBA. The Lakers pick up the big win against the Houston Rockets, a much needed win advanced to 12 and nine on the season. Jared Vanderbilt now back in action for the Lakers, the team getting healthier. We've got plenty to break down from this one, but again, a nice win for the Lakers and certainly was good to see. Um, we've got, as I said, a lot to dive into. So if you're coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from X, welcome in podcast listeners. Do me a favor over on the podcast side on Apple podcast, take 15, 20 seconds, give us a five-star rating and review. Same thing over on Spotify or whatever podcast platform you're listening on. It's a great way to help out the show. Let's just jump into it here because again, this was, this was just a solid all it was a it was a rocky first quarter but overall a solid all-around performance for the Lakers and the kind of outing that I think we needed to see that we needed to see from this team where they got in there they took care of business and they got the win so on the night I thought Anthony Davis really stood out in fact not to get too far ahead of myself here or anything but let's just do this superstar of the night it's it's got to be Anthony Davis, superstar of the night. Anthony Davis, twenty seven points, fourteen rebounds, five blocked shots, ten of twenty two shooting, and that's uh, the first quarter. AD couldn't seem to hit anything. He was missing all kinds of shots right at the rim. At one point, he was one for seven to start the game. Finishes ten of twenty two though, seven for nine from the free throw line. Picked up three assists as well. I thought I thought Anthony Davis had a tremendous outing. It was noticeable whenever he was off the floor. You're waiting for him to get back in there. Great performance from him. LeBron, a little bit of an off-shooting night. 7 for 17 from the field. 0 of 4 from 3. Maybe regression is hitting his 3-point shooting. He's had a great 3-point shooting season so far, but had a couple of rough games recently. There are 7 assists, 4 boards, 1 steal, 1 block, 16 points for LeBron. 18 for Austin Reeves off the bench to lead the way there with four boards, just one assist for Austin, but six for 11, one of four from three, five of six from the free throw line. I was happy to see Austin getting into the paint and getting himself to the free throw line, which is something we saw 
a lot from Austin when he burst onto the scene last season. Haven't seen it as much this season. So good to see Austin back getting to the free throw line. Then you've got, of course, of course, Cam Reddish. Welcome back, Cam. It sure was great to see him back out there on the floor. Missed the last game for the Lakers. Was a noticeable absence for them. 11 points, made a number of hustle plays. His length is a factor. He was really good going back into the starting lineup as a two Five boards for him as well. One block, one assist. No steals, which is something that he's actually really good at, is getting steals. Didn't get any in this game, but four for seven shooting. And you know what? The guy who he actually bumped out of the starting lineup, Max Christie, he had himself a nice game as well. Four for seven shooting, three of three from deep, seven boards, two assists, and uh, look, 12 points. Max Christie, really nice outing for, for Max, for a young player. Feels like he's starting to put some things together. His defense is a factor. Boy, speaking of, of defense, there was a, a few possessions where the Lakers had Cam and Jared Vanderbilt and Anthony Davis together. Mm, that the offense was clunky, but defensively, oh boy, that sure looked interesting, right? We saw Jared Vanderbilt 0 for 2 from 3. That was it. He airballed his shots. But still, we saw the energy out there. He only played 13 minutes. This is all about kind of getting his legs under him. Now, I know that I'm going to get a lot of people asking. Rui Hachimura was healthy. Why is he sitting there as a DNP coach's decision? So, on in this game, Darvin Ham told us beforehand that Rui, since he just had surgery a week ago, he's dealing with a broken nose, um, that he wasn't, he was going to try to be smart and be careful with Rui. Technically, yes, he's eligible to play in this game, but you also have to remember the Lakers have two days off now. They don't play Sunday. They don't play Monday. Tuesday, they take on the Phoenix Suns in the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament. So Darvin ultimately decided, hey, if I if I need Rui, we can put him in. But if not, if not, if we can get by without him, then let's let's do that and give him more time to heal up. And so that's ultimately what the Lakers went with here. D'Angelo Russell, I thought, made some really nice plays defensively. Seven assists, five steals, only nine points for D'Lo. Four for 10 shooting, one for five from three, but five steals. I talk about it all the time. People don't realize D'Angelo Russell has a long wingspan. He's 6'4 with a 6'10 wingspan. Um, we saw it in this game. He was able to really um, get into passing lanes, force turnovers. It's a nice game defensively. I like the reads that he was making. D'Angelo Russell, and not every game that we get to talk about D'Angelo Russell's defense. And then Torian Prince, you know, it almost felt like both Max Christie and Torian went, uh-oh, Vando's back, Cam is back, Rui's back, we'd better have a good game, otherwise we're going to find ourselves out of the rotation. Torian Prince, four for seven shooting, three of five from three. We've been saying it, he's a better three-point shooter than what the stats are telling you right now. He's got a long career of being a good three-point shooter tonight. Three for five for Torian Prince. Six boards, two steals, 11 points. You'll take that from Torian. Let's get into the chat. By the way, I want to welcome in some of our new uh, channel members uh, that are joining us. We've got uh, a few of you that are coming in. If you haven't checked it out yet, it's DeAndre Evans, Mixmaster Mike. If you haven't checked out the Lakers Nation YouTube channel membership program, you can click the join button and see the perks that we have to offer. We do live shows now and then where we allow our channel members to come on stage and talk Lakers basketball with us. It's a good time. Extra video, extra contents, content coming out for channel members as well, plus extra emojis and all kinds of other things. 
that you get. So click that join button and check that out if you haven't already. Andrew Lee kicks things off for the night, saying defense this game, especially that second quarter, was beautiful. Cam, Max, AD, Vando on defense is insane. Even D'Lo was good on defense. If Max can hit the three like today, wow. Well, I don't expect Max to hit the three every game like he did in this one. Max was uh, really good from deep in this game. Three for three. Not going to do that every single night. But nonetheless, if he can be a consistent threat out there, yeah, absolutely. So excited to see this healthy Lakers team. Looks like the team was excited too. Yeah, I mean, you know this team, they were talking all about during the summer what they can be, the depth that they've got, the wing depth that they've got, and what that can look like. And then right away, right before the season could even start, really, Jared Vanderbilt's hurt. Gabe Vincent gets hurt a few games in, and it was just one player after another, after another. Rui Hachimura gets a concussion. Then he breaks his nose. Cam Reddish has the groin issue. You've got all these things happening. Torian Prince was out at one point. Um, It's been just a tidal wave of injuries. And that it takes the wind out of your sails a little bit when you're excited about what the team can do and can be. And then you got to keep waiting and say, well, this is what we can be when. When guys get healthy. Now, that doesn't mean that, that they are suddenly a world beater. That doesn't mean that they're suddenly title contenders. No, let's face it. What we've seen so far from the Lakers, it's been a little underwhelming on the season. And I'm not going to look at one game against the Houston Rockets who have been a better team than people expected them to be this season, but I'm not going to look at one game against Houston and say, okay, everything's fine now. No, but we did see some good things and we saw flashes of what this team can be, particularly on the defensive end of the floor. Um, as Andrew notes, and as I was saying earlier, Anthony Davis, Cam Reddish, you throw in now Jared Vanderbilt into the mix. Max Christie's been doing well defensively. I like the way he slid his feet with Jalen Green, keeping him under control. You put those guys out on the floor, question marks about the offense, but man, can those guys get after it defensively? That's for sure. Lone Wolf, it feels like D'Lo found his role on this team. You know, one of the things I've been really impressed with with D'Angelo Russell, um, again, D'Lo in this game finishes with seven assists and five steals, but I've been really impressed with D'Lo and his ability to get the ball to Anthony Davis. I think he recognized, or perhaps the team did, that they needed to be more deliberate about getting the ball to Anthony Davis in the post, in the paint, just get him touches on the ball because good things are going to happen. And over the last week or two, we've seen D'Angelo Russell really take that to heart and really focus on finding Anthony Davis in the paint. He's done a tremendous job. Last I looked, over 30% of D'Lo's passes were going to Anthony Davis, and he has really made that his goal to get Anthony Davis going. And the Lakers are going to benefit from that. The Lakers are going to benefit from D'Angelo Russell and his ability to get Anthony Davis the ball. Because frankly, you need somebody to do it. Yo said, we have all the wings. Austin Christie, Cam, Braun, AD lineup with D'Lo mixed in was crazy. We need a bruiser at center and a point of attack. And we were winning a championship. Again, I, I can't jump to that point just yet. Right, We're talking about one game. But yes, this is. I was so excited for the summer uh, over the summer because the Lakers added all this wing depth. All this wing depth that I've been asking for for years. And it's much easier said than done. It's not easy to find wings in today's NBA. But the Lakers finally have it. And that gives you so many options. Gives you so many options to play different styles. Gives you so many options to throw just 
massive wings at other teams and gives you that switchability on defense, gives you help on the glass, all sorts of things. This Lakers team, they are ultimately going to find success based on the play of, of course, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But after that, it's what can the wings do defensively on the boards, hitting shots? What can they do for you? That's a big part of the build of this roster. Mission 86. How can we get off to better starts? Energy drinks? I don't I don't know. <laughs> Happy for the win, but I feel like these slow starts have cost us a couple of games this year. Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, in this one, so typically what we've seen from the Lakers, the the game structure has been the Lakers get off to a good start for the first five-ish minutes. Then it all falls apart. And at the end of the first quarter, they're trailing, sometimes by double digits, and then they're spending the rest of the game battling back. Now, fortunately, the Lakers had a really big second quarter in this game and claimed the lead because they were trailing by five at the end of the first quarter, and that was a rough quarter. I didn't feel like the Lakers were necessarily playing that poorly in the first. In the first, there was a, a bad turnover on a pass to the sideline to Cam Reddish. But other than that, I didn't feel like the Lakers were necessarily playing all that poorly. I felt like more what we were seeing was um, was just shots being missed, like Anthony Davis missing multiple shots at the rim. And eventually those shots started to come back around. So that was really good to see. That was really good to see that eventually the shots started falling and it caught up with, I felt, the quality of play. But that being said, um, the first quarters, they've got to be, they've got to be better in general. As far as how you improve that, I think that's where you need to figure out your rotations. Because here's what's what's been happening is it's when Darvin Ham goes to start subbing in the middle of the first, that's when things fall apart. So once you can get your rotations a little bit more set and you can figure out and you've got more options to choose from because guys are, fingers crossed, healthy, maybe you don't have that drop-off. Again, it's not necessarily what we saw in this game, but historically so far in the season, we've seen a drop-off midway through the first quarter. Can you mix and match your lineups a bit better? That would be my first look if I'm Darvin Ham. It's once I've got everybody, what can I do to make sure that we don't have that drop-off once I start subbing out the starting unit? Uh, one table, many chairs. Said, AD superstar of the night for staying aggro even when it's not falling. Yep, 100%. D'Lo for starring your role for getting AD touches and steals. Love AD and LeBron getting hyped. Great energy. Go Lakers. Yeah, let's let's talk about that a little bit. Because I think there is a lot of different ways we could go with a star in your role. So let's get to that. Let's do that. And chat, let me know. For anybody who's new, I'll explain what this is. But for those of you who've been around, start firing up. Who is your star in your role? Star in your role. Okay, again, for anybody who's new, um, the way this works is the star in your role. We take a look at the entire team and who was it that just did the best at their job? What is their role? What is their job? For example, if Christian Wood, he would not have a good game tonight, but if Christian Wood had a great game, knocked in a couple of threes, grabbed like nine rebounds and like blocked a shot, he could be the star in your role, especially if he did those in big minutes. It doesn't have to be a guy that goes and scores 25 points or something like that. It's the guy who does the best job in his role. So let's see. I've got a lot of people saying Max. I've got people saying Austin Reeves. 
Uh, I've got uh, B Zero, who's a, a channel member, said Austin Reeves. Uh, here's Austin Reeves with the star in your role uh, emoji. Malachi said Max. I'm seeing a lot of Max and a lot of Austin. I also randomly saw a Luol Dang. What's <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Uh, we got people saying D'Lo as well. Max. Oh, I've got people saying Darvin. Darvin Ham. That's a surprise. He actually did call a very, a very well-timed uh timeout today. During the during the fourth quarter, Darvin Ham called the timeout. And we talked about it on playback. We went, what Darvin is calling a timeout right now at the perfect time? It was great to see. It was great to see. I've got people saying co-star in your role, Max and Austin. I'm gonna go. And so I tend to do this. Human nature, we tend to root for the underdogs. And so I do that too. If I if I'm going between two players and I know one guy is going to win it more often over the course of the season or is going to have more opportunities to win it, I tend to the, to go with the guy that I don't think has the uh, has as many opportunities to win it. So I'm going to go with Max Christie. I'm going to go with Max Christie for, for star in your role because I do think Austin Reeves is going to have a lot of opportunities to win that award over the course of the season. I'm going to go with Max Christie. You know, again, three for three from deep. He got removed from the starting lineup, and there's questions. Is he going to be removed from the rotation? Like, that's what's at risk right now for Max Christie. You get Cam back. You get Vando back. You, you're going to get Rui Hachimura back. You can't keep playing all of these guys. At some point, somebody's going to lose minutes, and Max Christie was a guy that we looked at. That Okay, maybe he's going to be the one to lose minutes, and then he turned in one of his better games of the season, again, seven rebounds. I thought he did a really nice job on the glass, came flying in a number of times to grab the ball there. Defensively, I liked what we saw. Led the team in plus minus, which isn't always the best stat, but plus 19 on the night. We'll give him some credit there. 12 points. Again, played 28 minutes. Jalen Green, who we had to defend a lot, four for 15 shooting, just 10 points for Jalen Green. Max, I thought, had a really nice game on both ends of the floor, had a couple of nice cuts, had a few nice drives to the basket as well, particularly with his left hand exploding to the rim. Um, really nice night for Max Christie and at a critical juncture too, where the minutes, they're going to start to become more difficult to come by as players are getting healthier. So nice night for Max Christie, and uh, I'm going to give him the star in your role award. Now... <laughs> People are saying Master Lock, Ime Odoka. I'm going to have to see. Ime Odoka got ejected from this game. For anybody who wasn't aware, maybe didn't catch it, uh, for getting into it with LeBron. It was his second technical uh, of the game. And so Odoka was ejected. For a moment, the Lakers broadcast, Billy Mack, actually said LeBron was ejected because it looked like it. LeBron was standing right there, and it looked like the ref had ejected LeBron. Everybody went, <gasps> right? And, and were scared for a moment. but. Fortunately, it was not LeBron being ejected. It was Emi Odoka for the, <laughs> for the um, second technical. Oh, I've got some people are saying Master Lock. Uh, <laughs> Master Lock Tari Eason. If you saw what happened to Austin, you know, you know what that's all about. You know what that's all about. Uh, D. Simmons said, Max really seems to be more comfortable, has been shooting a lot better. Yeah, let's take a look at that. What's Max? Because we knew that Max Christie was a better three-point shooter than what we saw at the beginning of the season. He was better than what we saw at the beginning of the season. 
Um, has shot 40% in the G League, shot 40% with the Lakers last season. Uh, month of November, just 25% from three. But last two games here, last game against OKC, he was two for three from deep. This game, three for three. So five for six from deep over his last two games. I do believe that this, he's not that good of a three-point shooter, but 25% the month of November. I don't think that reflects what he really is. I think he's really probably somewhere between 35 to 40% when he gets enough volume from three. He's got a really good looking shot, smooth stroke. I think it's a very repeatable motion. And uh, and I like, I like Max Christie shooting a lot. And you know what? We've talked about him a little bit before, but the Lakers internally, the Lakers are very high on him. And this is why. This is exactly why. It's not that he's a superstar. It's not that he's going to take over ball games for you. It's that we're starting to see the flashes of what he will be, and that is potentially a high-level 3-and-D player, a guy who can hit from outside, can defend at a high level, quick feet, strong, solid wingspan. He's able to go up and help you on the boards a bit as well. He is the prototypical 3-and-D player, has a little bit of slashing ability, probably more than a guy who's just a 3-and-D player, but I think he can fit a role on this Lakers team long-term, for a long, long time. This is a guy who can be a quality player for you, whether it's off the bench or in the starting lineup. Again, I'm not saying he's there yet. He's 20 years old, and we are just getting flashes right now. He still has some bad games in the chamber. Those are going to be coming. That comes with being 20 years old. That comes with not having a ton of experience. You're going to see these ebbs and flows. Bad game, good game, bad game. Um, but the good games are starting to show us what the Lakers have seen in him all along and why they were so excited to get him in the draft uh, last year. Uh, Kevin Smith said, going to be early and off topic, but master lock the thunder for that 30-0 to run and the Mavs for not winning. Great win tonight, though. Hashtag keep them coming. That was a bizarre game. I couldn't believe what I saw was happening in that game. Um, it looked like the Thunder were up big, and then the Mavs came roaring back, and then somehow the Thunder came back and won the game. Uh, the Mavs came back and actually had, like a, I want to say, a five-point lead. The Laker game was on, so I wasn't watching Thunder-Mavs. I was just watching the scoreboard, but I could I mean, it was insane. Insane swing in that game to see the Mavs come all the way back. Huge fourth quarter run only to lose it at the end when the Thunder counterattacked. Incredible stuff. Uh, Koa said, it, Stu said if Braun got tossed, he's out too. LOL. Is that what Stu said? I Again, I wasn't, I was doing the play-by-play -play on uh, playback, so I didn't hear Stu say that, but that sounds about right. And if you're Stu Lance, you're a legend. It was Chick Hearn night, obviously, but, uh, but you're a legend. You've been doing this forever. Like, if Stu was like, hey, if Braun gets tossed, I'm out. <laughs> Who's going to say anything to him? Uh, and that 360 from LeBron, I was stunned. Uh, just like Jackson Hayes, 39, doing this is not right. Uh, cooked Dylan Brooks as usual. Yeah, is Dylan Brooks the auto master lock of the night? We're going to get to that in just a moment. But LeBron James, the 360 shot, incredible stuff. He's 38 for a few more weeks, and then he's 39. It's just nuts. I mean, to see a guy his age, this is, I've said it before, but it's unprecedented. We've never seen this. This has never happened before. Never. We've had players play to this age before. We've never had anybody do what LeBron is doing at his age right now. Never happened. It's crazy. 
Uh, Buck said we would be fools to trade D'Lo. I do think D'Angelo Russell is going to be in a lot of trade rumors between now and the trade deadline, which is February 8th. Now, I've talked about it, though. That's That has more to do with his contract than anything else. It doesn't have to do with the way that he's playing. I think he's actually playing some pretty good basketball for the Lakers right now. Again, I like the way that he's really focusing on getting the ball to Anthony Davis. I think he's picking his spots extremely well uh, in terms of his own scoring. We know he can have those big blow-up nights. He's had that 35-point night against Detroit. Not going to give you that every single night. But on this season, D'Angelo Russell, these are his averages right now for the season. Now, this is without tonight's game. Without tonight's game. He is at 18 points, 6.6 assists, 3.5 rebounds, 78% from the free throw line. Doesn't get there a bunch. 2.8 attempts per game. But 42% from three. Again, that'll come down a little bit because he was one for five tonight. 49% from the field. And that's and that's while having a career low 1.9 turnovers per game. What more can you ask for from D'Angelo Russell? From a guy that's on a contract paying him $17 million. You can't ask for anything more than that. He's producing. He's effective. He's efficient. Is he the greatest defender in the world? No, of course not. But guess what? If D'Angelo Russell was defending, he's making $30 million plus. Plus. The numbers he's putting up are fantastic. So when we say we would be fools to trade D'Lo, yeah, you would definitely miss his on-court production. I think there's a strong argument argument to be made that he's been the third-best Laker this season. Um, you would miss his production if you were to trade him. Now, his contract, though, his contract, because he's got a player option this summer, and you know he's going to get paid, and the Lakers specifically negotiated out his no-trade clause for this season, that means he's going to pop up in trade rumors. There's no avoiding it. He's going to pop up. Doesn't mean the Lakers are going to pull the trigger, but you have to listen if you're the Lakers because there's the potential that with the new super tax that we call it, um, the second tier apron, it's possible that the Lakers could find it very tricky to pay D'Angelo Russell if he continues playing this well all season. So all of that comes to say, D'Angelo Russell is playing fantastic basketball. I don't think the Lakers should be in any rush to move him, but I do think they're going to listen, but not because of his play on the court. They're going to listen because of his contract. All right, let's go to Marcos. Said, just wanted to praise D'Lo. He's been force-feeding AD for the last few games, and it really seems to get AD involved and rolling offensively. 100%. Absolutely. Echoes what I've been saying. It's It's been noticeable how focused on that D'Lo has been ace of hearts said loved this game chippiness aggression great offense great defense most importantly a win love that ar got crafty again and d'lo was a lock yeah liked seeing austin reeves get himself to the free throw line again getting crafty the pump fakes getting into the paint i think that's one thing that's things that's been lacking in austin's game has been getting into the paint quite as often as he did last season and then getting contact there saw more of that in this one and just to see the aggression, the chippiness. People complain sometimes. They say this isn't, you know, I'm not saying we need to go back to the 80s or the 90s when everything's super, super physical, but guys are a little too buddy-buddy today. Kind of nice to see a little bit of chippiness, a little bit of fire, right, between these two teams. So was good to see. Uh, was a, a, a well-fought game on both sides. The Rockets, they're, are, they are winless on the road. They're great at home. I'm glad that their first road win 
was not at the expense of the Lakers. Joseph, we really decided to be the greatest def defensive team of all time tonight, huh? Not the greatest defensive team of all time, but they the defense looked good. Masterlock, Dylan Brooks, trade Torian and give all his minutes to Max. Well, you're not going to trade Torian for much. He's only at four and a half million this season. So in terms of what you could bring back, it's not a lot. And he's only on a one-year contract. So I don't know. Personally, I like having wing depth. Now, if you told me you could move one wing and get a true physical, not specifically this player, but like a Jonas Valanciunas type, Yusuf Nurkic type big. Again, not necessarily those guys specifically, but if you said you could somehow move one wing and get one of those guys, maybe you do it. Or you can move one wing and you could get a really good point of attack defensive guard like a an Alex Caruso or someone along those lines. Um, maybe you do that. Maybe you do that. So uh, Javon Carter is another example of a player like that. Keep going to Chicago Bulls, but maybe you look at something there. But otherwise, like I, I like having extra depth at the wings. And frankly, the Lakers have needed it this season, given that the way injuries have hit their wings. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. <laughs> Dre was not happy about this. Said WTF Prince is shooting 50% from three with 14 makes his last five games, and he's six seven at four million. Stop. That's just it, right? Torian Prince has got good size. He's and sometimes the narratives that take hold early in the season take a long time to, to dispel. They really they stick around. And so I worry that people are going to remember Torian Prince shooting poorly at the beginning of the season here. This month of November, he shot. Uh, terribly and that's going to be tough when the numbers do eventually come back around and I think we're starting to see that he is starting to shoot better and he's a bargain I said at the time I couldn't believe the Wolves declined now they had cap reasons but I couldn't believe they declined it when he was at seven million and change I thought he was a really good contract there at four and a half million I thought the Lakers got a steal on Torian Prince has he been great this season no again the shot kind of abandoned him but I've said a lot three-point percentage is not a sticky stat it doesn't stay constant. There's ebbs and flows to it. And so when you have a guy who's been a good three-point shooter for a long career, usually it's a pretty good bet that if you see a guy perform significantly below or significantly above those career numbers, that they will eventually pull back to those numbers on enough volume. And that's what I think is going to happen with Torian Prince. 
I think by the end of the season, we're going to look at his shooting percentages and we're going to say he was just fine for this Lakers team. He was not going to end up threes. Doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be over 40% like he was wanting to this season. Maybe the Lakers tax is a real thing, but I do think he's going to be just fine shooting the basketball. Uh, all right, let's go to... Uh, this one said, that's the Reeves we need to see. True contenders. He is disappointed Oh, to in order to be true contenders. He has disappointed me this season, and I'm really banking on him to show up. He had regressed, and we don't need that. Need him to show up. Yeah, again, I think the a big difference is Austin getting into the paint and getting himself to the free throw line. That's a big part of his game that I don't think we've seen enough of this season. The three-point shot for him was not necessarily great tonight uh, in this one. Missed uh, three in a row early. I'm trying to remember if he hit one later. I'm pulling up his stat right now. But yeah, one for four from three. So he did eventually knock in one. But I need to see some positive regression with his three-point shooting. He's shooting like 32% from three on the season. He was almost 40% last season. So I need to see that number come back up, which I think it will. I don't know if it goes all the way up to 40, but it probably comes back. And I'd like to see Austin getting into the paint a bit more. He's at his best. When he's in the paint, he's wreaking havoc. He's got guys flying in and fouling him. He's dishing from there. He's hitting the little floater. That's where I want to see Austin Reeves. It's living in the paint on the offensive end. And that's how he can really make an impact. Uh, Darvin, no defense. Bench guys make Reeves look bad. Is it playing with the bench guys that are causing Reeves to struggle shooting the ball? I don't know. I don't know if I'll, I'll go there just yet. I'd have to go back and really look at his numbers with the bench. DJ said, Trev, can you briefly uh, address some of your impressions from the first 21 games? Sure. Um, E.g. health, first quarter woes, shooting inconsistency, Austin struggles, LeBron three-point percentage, etc. Thoughts moving forward. So I talked about this a little bit on uh, the podcast that published Saturday morning. And... On that, I pulled all the stats for the season for the Lakers. Now, obviously, those have changed now that we've had more games played. But basically, the Lakers on the season have been just kind of, meh. They've been okay. They've been okay. Not good, not bad, but just kind of okay. They were the seventh seed in the West, eight seed right in there in the Western Conference. Um, and frankly, looking at the numbers, they were I think a little bit fortunate to be where they were because their offensive rating has been so poor. Their net rating was like 22nd in the NBA. Um, their offensive rating, I think, was 23rd in the league. Defense was even at 15th. Like, they weren't putting up the stats of a good team. They just were not. And some of that was the noise of a couple of blowouts. They got blown out by the Rockets early in the season, got blown out by the Thunder, got blown out, of course, uh, by the 76ers. So that can drag down your numbers quite a bit. So I thought that was part of it. But still, if we're being honest, They've just been okay, right, so far. That being said, the injuries have been a real problem. We haven't been able to see this team play the way they're supposed to play, where they're just throwing waves and waves of wings at teams. We haven't been able to see that because the wings have been hurt. And so I don't think we can write this team off. I still think even with the injuries they've suffered, this depth was supposed to be a strength of this team. And I think they've been a little bit over-reliant on LeBron, a little more reliant on LeBron and AD than I would have liked to have seen, even with the injuries they've suffered. Again, depth was supposed to be uh, a strength of this team. 
And while I think their depth, you know, everybody's depth is going to break at some point, and they've suffered so many injuries that I think it just did start to break. Nonetheless, I I do think that they've had to rely on their stars a little bit more than I wanted to see. So I do think that right now, while maybe everything gels, guys get healthy, everything gels, and they go on a major run for the next couple of months. Maybe that happens. I hope it does. But I do think that this is a team that probably is going to need to address one or two things at the trade deadline. And I don't know specifically who you trade just yet. Right now, we are still very much in fact-finding mode. We're still trying to find out what this team is. And frankly, we're kind of behind the eight ball here. We're, um, we're trying to play catch up because now we've gone 20 games of the season where you've had so many key players out that you don't really know what you have or not yet. Your evaluation is stunted by that. You don't know what this team needs. You don't need know what they don't need because you haven't seen your full team together yet. So now, hopefully, fingers crossed, guys get healthy and we can get a sense of exactly what it is this team needs. Again, we can pick some things that are likely to be needed. You need another big, especially a physical presence. You need a point of attack defender. You always need three-point shooting. Those are three things that I think the Lakers could certainly use on this team. But how important is each one of those things? Where do you rank those three things? That's going to be determined by the next few weeks. And that will probably determine what the Lakers do or don't do on the trade market by February 8th. So again, I think this team has something. But I also think they've just been okay so far. And they're probably going to need to do something to patch a few of the holes that they've got. What that is, we're going to have to wait to see. That's where they're at right now. As far as the first quarter woes and all that kind of stuff, shooting inconsistency, some of this could just be early season. I don't know if you guys remember, but there have been so many people who have been uh, asking this season, man, do they miss Dennis Schroeder? Why couldn't they have brought Dennis Schroeder back? Why why don't they have Dennis Schroeder? How much better would the Lakers be if they had Dennis Schroeder right now? If you go back to the beginning of last season, which I know feels like a lifetime ago, that people were frustrated with Dennis Schroeder. People were frustrated that he was getting minutes. And part of that was that dreaded three-guard lineup with Pat Bev and Russell Westbrook and Schroeder together. God, can you believe that was only a year ago? Oh, rough times. But Back then, Dennis getting too many minutes was a thing. We were talking about it. Talking about, is Dennis Schroeder the uh, the equivalent of Avery Bradley for Frank Vogel? Where Vogel just loves Avery Bradley and is going to keep feeding him minutes. Is that what Dennis Schroeder is to Darvin Ham? That was a topic of discussion. Now here we are. Dennis finished the season great. And we're missing Dennis. We're missing his defense. We're missing his speed. His ability to get to the rim, all those things. So even if we're looking at this team and we're saying, well, they're struggling in the first quarter, they're not, they're not shooting the ball well, Austin isn't, it's a long season. And that these narratives, Austin struggling. Maybe February through April, Austin goes on a tear. And we're thinking back to now and we're going, man, it was crazy that people were, were questioning Austin Reeves at the beginning of the season. Because that's the way people are with Dennis right now. Things change. Things change. We are 20%, 25% of the way into the season. Still got a ways to go. A lot of basketball to play. A lot of basketball left to play. Okay, let's get into one of our favorite segments. Chat, 
you know it, the master lock. What was the most annoying thing from this game? Put it in the comment section. Let's do it. Master lock of the night. The master lock of the night. For anybody who's new, the way this works, we take our frustration, whatever was annoying us the most from this game, and we put it in. Our good buddy, Chris, the masterpiece, masters professional wrestler, is finishing hold, the master lock. So what are we master locking from this game? Mark Goggins says, Ime Udoka, good pick. Dylan Brooks gets nominated for the master lock every night. doesn't matter who the Lakers are playing. Dylan Brooks gets nominated. So you knew Dylan Brooks. Oh, this one said Dylan Bricks. Actually, he shot pretty well this season, unfortunately, but... But Dylan Brooks, yes, gets nominated for the Master Lock. So I'm not surprised to see him uh, nominated up for this one. Not surprised at all. The elbows. Anthony Davis. I, folks, I, I know a lot of you probably felt the same as me. The Lakers are getting healthier. I was so nervous that, okay, Rui's available to play. Vando's available. Cam's available. They're getting healthier. They're one player short, Gabe Vincent. They're almost fully healthy. I was afraid we were going to see like four guys get injured this game or something like that because that's what's happened so far. Every time the Lakers have somebody come back, like two other guys go out hurt. So the elbow to Anthony Davis at the beginning of the game, he goes down. His face is just red because he just took an elbow across the bridge in the nose. And, oh, I was I was worried for a moment. I was worried. And then and then. Austin Reeves, a.k.a. Scott Sterling, just constantly getting hit in the face. He even got a little uh, hip check, I guess, to the face. Um, yeah. Yeah. Lakers three-point percentage, just 29.6%. Fair. They, they do need to shoot better from three. Uh, ref giving a tech for LeBron for the celebration. Master lock the ref for scaring us, thinking LeBron was out. That LeBron had gotten thrown out of the game for sure. Um, that that is a good one. Master lock Dylan Brooks. It's a tradition. You know what? I'm just gonna that, that, I'm just gonna go with it. Like Malachi said, why not? Right? Dylan Brooks gets nominated every single show. You got to master lock him when he's actually playing in this game. So Dylan Brooks gets the master lock. The villain gets master locked for this game. Although I do have to say an annoying moment. Just to vent a little further. Dylan Brooks officially is the master lock. But an annoying moment was the coach's challenge when the game was over. Clearly, the Rockets were not coming back. There's three minutes left in the game and the Rockets challenge a foul call on, on Alper and Sengun. Now they won the challenge, but still the game was over. Let us get out of here. By the way, I'm seeing some people in the chat mention Sean Davis, but um, I do want to mention this. There will be no post post game show uh, on for tonight. Sean is off tonight. So no post post game show. It's just Lakers nation live tonight. Uh, Sean will be back. He's already made plans to record with me tomorrow for, uh, for the next podcast but no post post game show tonight for this one, Sean, he was at a, a, he had a, for the team that he coaches, he had a game. And so he didn't get to catch the entirety of the Lakers game. He only caught the very end of it. So he needs to go back and watch it. He can't give you guys 
the advanced analytics and his scouting breakdown and all that kind of stuff for a game that he didn't he didn't see. So again, he's going to watch the game and then uh, we'll get into some of that stuff on our next show. All right, we'll get through a few more before we wrap things up here. Re said D'Lo, Cam, Vando, Braun, AD, Cam on Booker. Oh, this is a plan for, for Tuesday's game, the in-season tournament. All right, Cam on Booker, Vando on KD for Tuesday. That Braun 360 layup was crazy. Also glad we are uh, we are we've got our depth and healthy now. Yeah, so Vando only played 13 minutes in this game, and Darvin has talked about how he's going to let him get his legs under him. So to ask him to start a game that in and of itself is throwing him into the deep end. To start a game and your primary defensive assignment is Kevin Durant. That's really throwing him into the deep end. That's that's maybe putting ankle weights on him and push him, pushing him into the deep end. So I think that ultimately, like if the Lakers stay healthy, the Suns stay healthy, and they see each other like a month from now, sure, yeah, you probably could do that. I think that's asking a bit much of Jared Vanderbilt right now. But I do think he'll get reps on Kevin Durant. I just don't know if you can say, all right, Vando, you check KD today, and you're going to spend 30 minutes on him. I don't, I don't think he's there yet. It's going to take time still for him to work his way back. But I don't dislike the idea of going defense against the Suns and uh, and trying to make life difficult on them. Uh, and then if you can get stops, get out and run on Phoenix. I think it's going to be a crazy game. We've seen this Lakers team really, really crank it up for the in-season tournament games. So I'm expecting a playoff-type atmosphere in Tuesday's game against the Phoenix Suns. I think it's going to be a really good one. Uh, Germ said, Bama and Lakers win. It was a good day. Well, there you go. You got a couple of your teams got Ws. King Brandeasy said, Lakers fire past the Houston Toxics. Oh, I haven't heard that one. The Houston Toxics. I like it. Let's go, Lake Show. AD, D'Lo, LeBron, 360 layup, LFG. That's right. That's right. Lakers look good. Love to see it. Ace of hearts. Was it just me or was Vando jacked? Um, he's had some time, right? He can't really, he couldn't really run a lot. So what do you do? You're going to lift. Uh, also, Cam on the drive better than we thought. Could you imagine Vando Cam AD with Alex Caruso in the backcourt on D? Oh my goodness. Could you imagine like LeBron is one of the best minds still in the NBA. I don't, He's not great game to game in terms of his defense. He's not the guy that's going to go lock down. Everybody. I shouldn't say he's not great, but he's not He's not your lockdown defensive player. Like back in, say, 2012, LeBron could guard the other team's best player all game and still give you a crazy offensive performance. That's not LeBron now, nor should he be expected to be that. But what I'm getting to is, let's say you're in the playoffs and let's say you needed a stop. And so for that possession or for a string of possessions, LeBron can ramp it up, right? We know that. He can't do it all game, but LeBron can ramp it up for a few possessions. Imagine if crunch time, you need to stop, and you're able to pull off a trade for Caruso, and you put that group on the floor. Vando, Cam, AD, LeBron, Caruso. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that's terrifying. That's terrifying for another team. To try to score on. Whew. We, we usually we think about death lineups. We think about lineups getting things done on offense. 
that's a team that could really shut down opponents with their defense. Man. Braun definitely making a defensive all-team first or second. I don't know if I would go that far. I think Anthony Davis will. Chef Lev. Lakers haven't gone on a 20-0 run since the 2019 title year. Lakers have rediscovered themselves bludgeoned with defense. I sure hope so. I, I hope they are rediscovering their commitment to defense. I hope that's going to be part of their game because that was really what they hung their hat on last season. It was being a great defensive team. I think offensively, they absolutely can get better. They should be better than 23rd or whatever in offensive rating. But what's their ceiling? Somewhere in the like 10 to 15 range on offense, that's probably ceiling and, and 10, the 10 side of it is probably a little optimistic. So if you're going to get where you want to go, you have to be a great defense. And I think that's possible, but yeah, I, I do think that uh, if they've rediscovered the defensive side of the ball as they've got guys coming back, that'll be big. Mando Vando. Said LN, first super chat. Well, welcome in. Thank you for your, for uh, submitting your first super chat here. Liked how Reeves realized his three wasn't falling and adapted by being aggressive in the paint and hustling in other areas. Yes, adapt and overcome. It's one of my favorite phrases. Adapt and overcome. Find a way to get the job done. I always think back. Great example of this. Kobe in 2010, game seven. Right, It's the, it's the brightest lights. Lakers, Celtics, history on the line. And he's shooting terribly can't get anything to drop and so what does he do he grabs like all the re i think i want to say he finished with like 17 rebounds or something crazy in that game um you find a way you find a way braun digressing regressing just an off night udoka's ejection yeah i mean i don't know what udoka was saying to lebron what lebron was saying back what was what was happening there but i I was concerned that at some point LeBron's three-point shooting would would tail off a little bit, that he wasn't always going to shoot quite this well. And in fact, right now, um, he is now at, well, he's at 39.6%. That is probably without this game. But you look at the last few games. Well, he was four for eight from deep against OKC. But 0 for four this game against Detroit, he was two for six. One for nine against Cleveland. He's had a few stinker three-point shooting games coming in. Starting to pop up every now and then. But man, he is still shooting the ball well. Even with that one for nine game against Cleveland. 42% from three in the month of November for LeBron. Now 0 for four to start the month of December tonight. Um, I don't know that he's going to be a 40-ish percent three-point shooter all season. But I don't think he has to be. Like, if he settles in somewhere around 37% after being 32-ish last season, that's great. We'll take that. Uh, Mr. Easley said, I don't think we need a major trade. Maybe just Caruso and a big. We just need to get healthy. Thoughts? Yeah, I think that's very possible. Then if you're able to just plug a couple of holes here, that may be enough. You don't necessarily have to go and... The, the trade we all instantly think of, it's the Zach Levine trade. You don't necessarily have to go trade everything to go get Zach Levine or whoever it is, depending on who that player is. Um, I don't think you necessarily need that. You look at what the Lakers did last year at the trade deadline. They added depth. They added a bunch of pieces that they felt fit, but not guys who were superstars. I think you do something similar, not the same volume where you brought in a bunch of new players at the trade deadline this last year, 
but you add a couple of guys who fit and can be part of your rotation, and that can really pay dividends. Again, last year, I think, should have in, should inform us of what the Lakers strategy should be this year. What worked last year, keep the faith with that. Now, that's if a Giannis or somebody, somebody like that suddenly becomes available. Okay, our, all bets are off, but I don't think you need to go uh, all crazy trying to pursue a three-star model at this point. I think you need to trust in what you built, trust that even though it hasn't been as good as you would have hoped to start the season, that injuries have been a big part of that, and you need just minor tweaking. What can happen is you can overcorrect. If you overcorrect, well, that's how you wind up in a year and a half of Russell Westbrook purgatory with this Lakers franchise. Uh, KD said, shout out, Chick. Absolutely. Absolutely. Shout out to Chick Hearn. Chick Hearn Knight. He is the greatest. Um, we'll never forget listening to games. Chick Hearn was calling. Um, it just a, an absolute legend. An absolute legend. Uh, where is Ron Gutterman at? He's around. You still see him writing over on LakersNation.com. I'll message him probably tomorrow and say, hey, we need to get you on another video soon. But he's still around. Uh, Pagong, who's been a member for a month. Thanks for being a member for, for a month here. Said Master Lock Yudoka. I think that's a fair one as well. B0 has also been a member for a month. Uh, congrats on, on being a member for a month, by the way. So glad to see Reeves playing like his old self. Agreed 100%. 100%. Good to see Reeves get it going again. All right, everybody. I do appreciate all of you for, for joining tonight. Once again, there's no post-post-game show tonight. It's just Lakers Nation Live. We do have two days now until the Lakers take on the Phoenix Suns. We'll have uh, a fresh podcast out for Monday. We'll be pre previewing the Suns matchup, breaking down everything as well. Lots of stuff to still get into. So that's coming. Make sure if you're not a subscriber to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel yet, you do subscribe, turn on those notifications, and of course, over on that podcast side. If you wouldn't mind giving us a five-star rating and review, it's a great way to help out the show. All right, everybody. Thank you again. Hope you guys enjoy your Saturday evening. Till next time, see ya and stay safe.